0: I really love animals. I was raised in a house with lots of furry and feathered creatures. There have been precious few times in my life when I have not had a dog. Having a dog is companionship, a prompt to take healthy daily walks, and a little bit of the unpredictable or wild in my home. It's fun. I now have Charlie, a little spaniel, named for the dog in John Steinbeck's novel, Travels with Charlie. Charlie and I have indeed traveled much in his 30 dog years. (laughs) Since being with this, this particular canine, I understand now that contrary to popular sentiments about dogs providing comfort for people, I'm actually my dog's support human and we have a good but not perfect system established in my home revolving around all of our needs. Charlie is well supported by my presence. He also has his own kitty, Lily Bell, who provides him with feline companionship and play. But then I'm not home all the time, so what happens? On days I leave home, I click a YouTube website that provides hours of continuous calming sounds that, well, keep my house calm um, when I'm away. Lily Bell is easy, making few demands other than fresh water each morning, open blinds to watch the birds through the window, and a full breakfast bowl. My daily goal is to return home and find it in the same state in which I left it. <laughs> Except for a few times the systems work pretty well. I can trust this little imperfect system that Charlie and Lily Bell and I have worked out Unless someday I come home to significant upheaval When this happens, I'll need to adjust the imperfections of this little system All relationships are part of systems that make life doable But today, scripture describes a harmful imperfection of showing partiality or special favors toward the powerful. In James's admonition to the members of an assembly of Christ believers, he explicitly condemns their behavior using the royal law written in the ancient Torah. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. James's response is very clear. Treat the poor equally. In the gospel, Jesus' response to the Syrophoenician woman is a little bit confusing. Perhaps you might struggle with some of this text. I did. For several reasons, the woman is a sympathetic character. First, she's a mother whose daughter is suffering from an unclean spirit. Second, she's an outsider to the Jewish community, the other who is disregarded and looked down upon. Finally, she's a woman who is of some means. We know this because her daughter has a bed. Her wealth may hinder her while appealing for help from a Jew because she is a Gentile, and Gentiles are held in higher status in Roman society. Being wealthy and a Gentile creates a little bit of tension with the Jewish culture, thus perhaps... A bit of reluctance on both sides. Beyond this information, we don't know much more about her situation. We do see that she approaches Jesus with great humility, bowing at his feet with faith that Jesus can heal her little girl. She begged Jesus, and what was his response? Preference for his own people. He said, "'Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs.'" Ouch. She retorts, "'Sir, but even the dogs under the table eat children's crumbs.'" Because of her response, Jesus says the demon has left her her daughter. In this exchange, is it to be taken literally? Some might say that the Syrophoenician woman was the only person to correct Jesus, the human Jesus, who was tired, trying to escape following crowds to gain just a little bit of rest. Was Jesus so focused on his mission that day to his own people that he momentarily succumbed to a social system that discriminated against other cultures? Perhaps... Or is this a situation of role-playing? Indeed, Jesus was hyper-aware of the current systems in place in Rome. Having immense respect for how clever the Gentile woman was, he engaged her by giving a side eye to the cultural system of partiality with his verbal jousting. That could be the case. Here, Emily Dickinson might offer this quote. Read the truth, but read it slant. I cannot answer this question with absolute certainty, but we can hold such interpretations in tension to ponder our Lord with his teachings. With a Syrophoenician woman, Jesus ministers to the other, thus extending his care to all people and defying the human system of discrimination or partiality. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. God's system demands justice to the oppressed, food to the hungry, caring for the strict stranger, amongst other important works. God's system supports this vital work. As the psalmist today said, happy are they who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Faith and trust in God are foundational to God's system. God is utterly trustworthy. With rich and joyous spiritual lives in Christ, we can feed on Him in such a manner that we are inspired with energy and creativity to work the system of God and supplant the unloving rules of our society. See, the system of God is both spiritual and fleshy, it's muscular. Love your neighbor is action and goodness. It not only feeds the hungry, but feeds the soul. That also includes the soul of the giver, who may already be fed and clothed. So if Jesus, in his exchange with the Syrophoenician woman, is less than direct, I think that James is pretty straightforward. What good is it if you say you have faith, but do not have works? The second Saturday, Habitat for Humanity Volunteer Day is this coming Saturday. It is an event orchestrated in our human design system to bring our community in line with God's system. By offering time, talent, and treasure to build a home for a family in need of shelter, we care for the stranger and frustrate powers that might otherwise discriminate against the other. It is an opportunity to literally put muscle in our faith and into the system of God. While this work may not be in your inventory of gifts, there are other ways to be doers of your faith at Trinity. The season is fast approaching. In my few short months in Naples, I've enjoyed helping Trinitarians expand their experiences working in God's system as a step forward in faith and trust in Him. Navigating the circumstances of our world, where the events streaming on our newsfeed bombard us with the results of human systems, we have the option to say, no, enough. I'm not going to despair over these man-made problems. Instead, I will do everything I can to support the system that God created. With the support of God's love and my faith in Christ, I will work in such a way that loving my neighbor as myself is the lens through which I can actively align human systems to the God system of love.